I like to cook on the big green egg. Why? It's impressive and everything turns out great on the big green egg. If you don't have one, you got to go to Wasi's Meat Market and get a big green egg. They have the lowest prices in the country. They also have all the accessories. They even have a classroom set up to teach you all the basic techniques on the big green egg and advanced techniques on the big green egg. When you get the big green egg from Wasi's Meat Market, there's a lifetime guarantee. So check them out. It's Wasi's Meat Market. Check them out on Instagram or just go to their website, wasi'smeatmarket.com in Melbourne on Wickham Road. It's Wasi's Meat Market. You're listening to Non-Compliant America with J.D. Rucker. The show starts... Now. End the riots, end the lockdown, let America heal. Hello and welcome to another episode of Non-Compliant America. It's funny, because this being our second episode, one would think that I would be moving on to one of the five tenets, I guess you could say, one of the five levels, degrees of non-compliance that I spoke about in the first episode. For a quick recap, first level is opposition. We oppose the things that we need to oppose. If we disagree with something, we should express our opposition, whether that's calling, emailing, faxing. There's still fax machines out there. <laughs> I don't know. Tweeting at people, just letting everyone know this law, this executive order, this decree, whatever, that we oppose it. That's level one. Level two would be protests. We need to protest things. We need to protest, for example, this these draconian lockdowns that even though so many states are quote-unquote opening up, they're doing these partial opens, and that, even in itself, deserves more protests. Until things are opened up all the way, till every right that we have as Americans, as humans, is fully restored, the suppression completely ends, until that happens, we do need to keep protesting. Then there's level three, stage three, uh, degree three, if you want to call it, of non-compliance. And that is uh, legal action. Sue our governors. Sue the mayors. Sue whoever is trying to oppress us. Our elected tyrants, and sometimes unelected, they need to be told through lawsuits. Next week I'm going to be talking to a lawyer who is very familiar with helping people to sue the government. That was actually going to happen this week, but, but things changed. Minnesota happened, and we'll talk about that here shortly. But level four, degree four of non-compliance is civil disobedience. We've talked a lot about that last week. We'll be talking a lot about that in the weeks going forward, I'm sure. As I mentioned before, I am not, or I was not, a huge fan of civil disobedience, simply because I felt stages one through three That should have been enough. And if they weren't, then you jump straight to elections. Well, guess what? Some things, as I now learned, as I now acknowledge that I was wrong about, some things require action immediately. It will take civil disobedience to fully end these lockdowns. 
And then level five is Civil War. And that's the one that we hope levels one through four work so that we can avoid level five altogether. I do not want Civil War. You should not want Civil War. There's another degree that we're now experiencing today, and that is anarchy. That is these riots that are surrounding the murder of George Floyd. Started in Minneapolis, buildings burning, these these protests, which were righteous protests, turned to unrighteous rioting, looting, vandalism, destruction, violence, women getting kidnapped, businesses being burnt to the ground. People are going after their own communities because of the death of a man, a tragic death, a murder, in my opinion. Murdered by the police. George Floyd. I would love to be participating in righteous protests until justice is served. That's that's what I would love to be participating in, but by gosh, no. Not this, not what's happening. It's spread to Los Angeles, St. Louis, Memphis, Denver, New York. There's rioting across the country. Looting. It's anarchy, folks. And as I covered with my lovely and talented wife and co-host, Tammy, in today's episode of the Knock Report podcast, we discussed that, uh, that this is, can be directly attributed to these lockdowns. They can. Without the lockdowns, George Floyd's murder would have been protested. There may have even been some riots. But it would have been more akin to, say, Ferguson or something like that. It wouldn't have been ongoing and widespread mass destruction if it weren't for the coronavirus. And I should say, to be more accurate, if it wasn't for the coronavirus lockdowns. The riots need to end. That's our first and foremost goal here. We have to stop these riots. We have to stop this destruction that people are perpetrating on their fellow citizens. Okay? Now, yes, they're going after the police as well. And that's also a dangerous situation. Third precinct. Stormed. Evacuated. Because apparently there was a bomb or leak or something like that. Businesses, buildings, housing communities burned to the ground. And George Floyd's murder may have been the spark, but the accelerant that has been spreading all across this nation for the last few months is a result of these lockdowns. People are on edge. People aren't working. They're desperate. They've lost hope. They're angry at government, more angry than than usual. And as a result of this anger over these lockdowns, this government action, this murder at the hands of of law enforcement has blown far out of proportion. It should have been righteous protests, maybe slightly unrighteous rioting, but it should have been short-lived and it should never, ever have turned to the anarchy that we're seeing in the streets across America today. So when we say we need to end the riots, that's step one. But the immediate and related step two is that we have to end the lockdowns. We have to. We must. 
They didn't work. Antibody tests have demonstrated that despite our best efforts, despite trying to keep as many Americans hidden away, stuck in their homes, away from their jobs, not, not making money, having to apply for unemployment, you know, joblessness numbers are at 40 million right now. And that's not an accurate number. That's just jobless claims. That doesn't account for all of the other millions of people, independent contractors, people who didn't, who couldn't qualify for unemployment. Doesn't include them that are also out of work, out of jobs, out of money. You know, last week my wife had to go to a shadow salon. She was able to find through back channels, she was able to find a, uh, a stylist, a salon that was quietly, secretly open. She made an appointment. Had to sneak in with a friend. Once they were there, it was all sorts of awkward. People concerned, are you a cop? No, are you a cop? (laughs) I I laughed, but the way that she described it to me, she said it was actually kind kind of flustering. Especially since she went in the evening. And as things were getting, the sun was going down, starting to get dark, they had to hurry because they couldn't even turn on the lights. They were concerned that if it got dark and they turned on the lights, that they would be discovered. That law enforcement would be called. That people, you know, perhaps even citizens would get violent with them. You know, this was a dangerous situation. Very akin to, to like a, an illicit drug deal. And what were they doing? You have stylists trying to make a living. Couldn't file for unemployment. Considered independent contractors. They tried. Twice. Rejected. Told that since they're independent contractors, they cannot get unemployment. But then they're also told, but you also can't work. We can't give you money and you can't make money. That's what they were told. I mean, literally. How many millions of Americans are told that in some form or fashion as a result of this lockdown? This lockdown that didn't work. Again, I mentioned the antibodies. Millions of people have been infected. And the vast majority of people who have been infected by this COVID-19, this coronavirus, the vast majority of them, either had mild symptoms that they didn't even realize was the coronavirus or they were asymptomatic completely. Now, as I always, my little disclaimer, I throw this out there almost every time. It's now embedded in my head whenever I talk about trying to downplay the effects of the coronavirus. I will say this. It is a serious matter, especially for those who are elderly or who have pre-existing conditions such as heart conditions, lung conditions, kidney conditions, diabetes, yes, precautions should be taken. We're seeing this in in nursing homes, which account for, what is it, less than 1%, obviously, of the population, people living in nursing homes, and yet it accounts for, what, 42% of the deaths? Yeah, we should be locking down nursing homes. We should be doing everything we can to keep them protected. Make sure that they are taken care of. Instead, they did this blanket lockdown and it didn't work. Okay? They say, oh no, it did work. We flattened the curve. Well, I would say, no, it didn't work. The curve was never flattened. It was just never going to spike in the first place. They'll say, oh, but look at New York. New York was hit hard. Well, guess what? New York was hit hard because of proximity. But they also had lockdowns, and those lockdowns didn't work. 
you can make the claim, and I've actually made this claim erroneously in the past. Well, you know, it was Bill de Blasio telling people, go about your business. Don't worry about the coronavirus. Nancy Pelosi saying, ah, let's celebrate Chinese New Year. Come on down. I was wrong. I, I, it wasn't their fault. We know this because there were other areas, other cities that did the exact same thing. And yet they weren't as affected. The problem in New York is population density. What's different between New York and, say, Los Angeles or even Chicago? Similar populations. But New York is a much smaller area. It's a vertical city. People are in closer proximity to each other. More people taking public transportation. You ever tried to take the subway in Los Angeles? If you said yes, you're lying. (laughs) There is none. Okay. Los Angeles is wide open. Yeah, there's millions of people, but but it's not nearly as crowded. Unless you're on the ten, you know, or the or the five at the wrong time of day. Yeah, traffic's bad. People drive. They don't take public transportation in Los Angeles. And as a result of being in their cars versus being crammed into buses or subways, fewer people were hit. Los Angeles was hit pretty hard. Don't, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't hit hard, but nowhere near New York. But then we look at other cities, other areas. Detroit hit hard. New Orleans hit hard. New Jersey. New Jersey's not that heavily populated. Yes, they, they have a higher population density than most states, but it's not to the degree of New York City, right? Except they were hit hard, too. So what happened? Why didn't the lockdowns work? Because they weren't supposed to work. The lockdowns didn't work. They haven't worked. They won't continue to work. They will continue to fail. They just need to end. Lockdown the people who are vulnerable. And even then, I would say make it optional. You know? I know for a fact my mother died last year. But I guarantee you, okay? If she had the choice, she was 85 years old and she had the choice of staying locked down for however long or just going about her life. She would have wanted to go about her life. Not because she's being careless, but because she didn't really, you know, if she got it, she got it. God's will. Now, I don't want to throw religion into that aspect of it. I'm not suggesting, you know, I know the reason that I don't want to is because that has actually been an argument made by a lot of people, perhaps well-meaning people, but people are saying, you know what? I don't care. You know, if, if I'm, if I get it, that's because God willed it. And if I don't get it, it's because God willed it. Nothing I can do whether I stay in, leave. I've heard that argument. That's the argument that my mother would make. I don't want to make it sound like I would, I'm condoning that argument. I'm just not opposing it. <laughs> you know, keep in mind, I wear a mask. Okay. I know a lot of people will say, Oh my gosh. How can you be a true patriot if you wear a mask? Look, (laughs) it's a mask. I don't go out very often. I wouldn't wear it if I went out very often. But because I don't go out very often, I choose to wear a mask when I go out in public. And that's how it should be. It should be a choice. It should be a mandate. None of this stuff should be a mandate. So, as I said in the beginning, it's ironic that here in the second episode... 
of the Non-Compliant America podcast, and I'm actually uh, actually calling for compliance. And technically, it's not compliance that I'm calling for when I say to end the riots. It's calm down. Stay focused. If you really want to protest George Floyd's murder, by all means, do it. Do it. It should be. It should be a righteous protest. But I suspect that of the people that are looting Target and local businesses, that are burning down lower-income housing communities that have just been built, people that are attacking and kidnapping women off the street, literally, apparently dozens of women in Minneapolis have just been grabbed, thrown into cars from the street during these riots. I'll bet you that those people in general aren't too worried about George Floyd's murder. They're seeing this chaos, this anarchy as an opportunity to commit their crimes, to perform their nefarious deeds, to lash out at government. And a lot of this can be attributed to the fact that they've been locked down, they've been forced into destitution by government that can't help them, won't help them in many cases, government that wants them dependent. You know, it's conspicuous that those cities, most of the cities that are currently rioting, that where all of this turmoil is happening, are run and have been run by far-left Democrats. When people feel oppressed, when they feel tyranny wrapping around them, strangling them, and they see this opportunity, these protests, yeah, they're going to participate. Not all of them, not everybody. I would say the vast majority of people in Minneapolis are not out there looting. The vast majority of people in these areas where there's these protests, these riots, this anarchy in many cases, vast majority of people are just hoping for it to end, right? They just want, want it to end, staying at home, trying to say, you know, it's like the purge. Keep everything locked up. Don't let, don't let anybody in. That's what's happening. It's like the purge. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Admittedly, I saw parts of the first one. Never saw any of the others. Heard there was a TV show about it. Didn't watch that. Not my cup of tea. But I do get the premise. And the premise is this night of anarchy. Well, we're now on night four of this anarchy. This lawlessness. So, I am very annoyed that the second episode of the Non-Compliant America podcast has to say, be at least a little bit more compliant than you are, folks. <laughs> Let's let's take your non-compliance down to a reasonable level. Let's not use our non-compliance against our fellow citizens. I shouldn't have to say this. I shouldn't have to say that there's nothing that honors George Floyd's memory, nor is there anything that, that pressures government when you're burning down auto zones. Okay? That's self-serving. It's ignorant. It's infuriating. And the only, I guess you could say, excuse, the only thing that, that keeps me from being so angry at these people is because many of them, I know, many of them have been put into this situation as a result of the lockdown. 
Do I expect them to be stronger? Absolutely. Okay. Anyone who is rioting, looting, engaging in chaos and anarchy as a result of the, the George Floyd murder, they should have more constraint. They take responsibility for this, for their actions. They should at least. But I do at least understand partially. So we do need to end the riots badly. And more importantly, long term, we need to end the lockdown now. I'm not talking about a partial end. I'm not talking about stages. End it. It didn't work. Go from zero to 100. Okay? Churches, forget about this 25% capacity stuff. Fill them up. Restaurants, fill them. Now, keep in mind, I'm not suggesting, by the way, let's be clear. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't take precautions. I'm not suggesting to be stupid. Let's be, let's, let's be crystal clear about that. I just have faith in American business owners and American consumers that the majority of them will be smart about it. We don't need nannies. We don't need the nanny state saying, okay, so here's what you got to do. If you're going to, you're going to open up your church, make sure number one, you only have either a hundred people or 25% capacity, whichever number is smaller. doesn't matter if your church holds 15,000, only a hundred people. That's all you can have there. And uh, while you're worshiping, if you're going to pray, you know what? Pray silently. Don't talk about it. Don't say anything. Don't, you know. Doesn't matter. God can hear you. He can hear your thoughts, right? That's what you folks believe, right? I'm sorry for using that weird accent, but it's just silly. Silly that, that Governor Gavin Newsom wants us to not sing at church. It's silly that they're saying, don't buy seeds. Don't buy non-essentials. It's terrible that they're saying that certain jobs are more essential than others. To the person who is supporting their family with the money that they receive from any job, that job is essential. It is. So if you think that these lockdowns are protecting you, they're not. If you think that these lockdowns are going to end slowly, they won't. If you think that our rights are just going to be all given back to us when the coronavirus crisis ends, I've got two things to tell you. Number one, no, they won't all be given back to us. Things are changing and they're already making plans to make a lot of these changes permanent. But number two, I'm not convinced that they're going to let this coronavirus crisis end. They're going to ease back on it. But then what happens when there's a second wave, third wave? What happens when uh, they say, hey, the vaccine, it's not coming for another six months, eight months. Don't worry. It's coming, but it's just not coming yet. What happens when next winter comes along? People are like, uh-oh, the coronavirus is resurging. It's not going to be that easy, folks, for us to get our rights back. We have to fight back. And this can't just be now. This has to be ongoing. 
if there's one silver lining to the coronavirus, it's that it has taught us that tyrants will always emerge, even here in America, when given the opportunity. It tells us that our freedoms will always be in jeopardy. We're one virus, one pandemic, one riot away from losing certain rights. In many ways, America is waking up to the conservative principles. They might not know that they're conservative principles, okay? They might say, look, I'm a Democrat, I'm a liberal, I'm a leftist, I'm a progressive, whatever. But deep down, they're starting to wake up to the conservative principles that limited government actually works, that non-interference, that self-governance makes more sense. Because they don't want to be dependent on government. You'll say, well, there's a lot of people that that do want to be dependent on government. That may be true. But I believe in my heart that those who are dependent on government willingly have either been indoctrinated into that mindset, indoctrinated into the perspective that victimhood is better than, than success, or they were at one point in the past forced into a state of dependency and they've just never been able to get their way out. Maybe they don't realize they want to anymore. I don't know. Maybe that's why there's a whole bunch of people out there engaging in anarchy, chaos, looting, rioting across this great nation. The two things are connected, folks. These riots aren't just about George Floyd. They are about the lockdown. And I'm not suggesting that people are protesting lockdown as they're burning down Target or whatever. I'm saying that the lockdown has exacerbated the situation to the point that we now have these riots, this looting, this anarchy. This isn't the first time a man has been killed by law enforcement wrongly. It's happened several times over the last few years. And yes, there have been protests. There have even been riots. But nothing to this scale. We haven't seen this degree of rioting, looting, chaos, anarchy since Martin Luther King was assassinated. And even then, one can argue that it was it was more, uh, I wouldn't say more peaceful, but more focused. This, whatever it is, this demonic anarchy that is gripping many cities in this nation. It is different. And the only clear difference I can see between now and and Ferguson or New York City or Baltimore or any of the other places and incidents where police were involved in killing a man, killing a black man. The only difference is that the people have been locked down for, what, 80 days, nearly three months? That's the difference. So these two things are connected. And the riots, now. And the lockdowns, completely, now. America needs to heal. And that won't happen. That will not happen until the lockdowns end. And even when the lockdowns end, it's not like it's going to be sudden healing. It's going to take effort. It's going to take time. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take 
that whole concept that we hear all the time about, we're all in this together. Well, we're not. We acknowledge that we're not all in this together. Okay, it's a fake narrative being spread across mainstream media and grocery store loudspeakers across this nation. But it's false. It's not a real narrative. We are not all in this together. If we were, there wouldn't be rioting and anarchy and chaos happening right now because of the death of a man killed by police, murdered by police. Yes, George Floyd's death was tragic. Shouldn't have happened. And there should definitely be righteous, peaceful protests until his killers are brought to justice. Or proven that, you know, I'm going based upon one video that I saw, and that video sure seemed pretty uh, ironclad. But who knows? Maybe there's a. Uh, I, I want to acknowledge that I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I haven't seen all the evidence. Most importantly, folks, pray. Pray for America. Pray for peace. Pray for calm. Pray for cooler heads to prevail because right now we need to heal. And the only way that can happen is if the rioting ends and the lockdowns end completely. Not in stages, not partially, completely. I'm J.D. Rucker. Thank you for listening to the Non-Compliant America podcast. Stay strong. Stay safe. God bless. I like to cook on the Big Green Egg. Why? It's impressive and everything turns out great on the Big Green Egg. If you don't have one, you got to go to Wasi's Meat Market and get a Big Green Egg. They have the lowest prices in the country. They also have all the accessories. They even have a classroom set up to teach you all the basic techniques on the Big Green Egg and advanced techniques on the Big Green Egg. When you get the Big Green Egg from Wasi's Meat Market, there's a lifetime guarantee. So check them out. It's Wasi's Meat Market. Check them out on Instagram or just go to their website, Wasi's Meat Market. In Melbourne on Wickham Road, it's Wassie's Meat Market.